big warm welcome to you. This is the Aware Parenting Podcast with Lael Stone and Marion Rose, PhD. We have juicy conversations about things that matter in parenting and life. We're exploring all that Aware Parenting has to offer from many different angles, and we are so glad that you're here. Hello and a big one. Welcome to you. This is Marion Rose. And I'm Lael Stone. And today our podcast is entitled Highly Sensitive. Now, this is a topic dear to my heart. I think fairly dear to your heart as well, Lael. Do you want to share a yes. little bit more? <laughs> well, really, we wanted to uh, just discuss what it is like being a highly sensitive person in the world. And I think a lot of people that are drawn to what, what we're parenting come because they are really highly sensitive people, which is about feeling things very deeply, being aware of different energies. It's it's about finding it very tricky to be in big spaces with lots of people or there's many elements to it. And I I actually did get a, um, a message through our Instagram of, of someone who has a really highly sensitive child just asking for some advice and ideas around, you know, that when they're out with their child and people are coming up and trying to talk to the child and the child isn't really ready to speak to people. How could she navigate that in a way that's really respectful to her child as well as, you know, when people really push or why is he just shy or, you know, why is he talking or those kind of things. And that can be really hard to navigate as a parent when you're attuned to where your child is at and others' expectations sometimes, you know, what's wrong with them. And, you know, that's something I think we'll talk a little bit more about, about, you know, having children that are highly sensitive and also being a person, whether you're a parent who is also highly sensitive and how that can be very challenging as well just raising children because we're we're feeling deeply on many, many levels. So so yes, that's the things we're going to talk about today. Yay. So wonderful. And I have to remind you that we can talk about some practical um, things, practical things that can really help. Mm, mm, Yeah. So I I think maybe Marion, you should start really talking about where you discovered this term highly sensitive and really about, you know, how that's, just how that's formed or how that's been a part of your life. Yes. So I am so grateful to Aletha Salter, who is the founder of Aware Parenting and the Aware Parenting Institute. So when my daughter was had just turned three, um, I was one of the people who helped coordinate Aletha to come to Australia and uh, at that time going to one of her workshops was, was the the only way that we could become an aware parenting instructor as well as all the other things that we needed. So I wanted to become an aware parenting instructor and I was one of the people who organized it. Anyway, that's a long, long, long way of saying that. Anyway, so I met up with Aletha and um, she met my daughter, Lana, who was three then, as I said, and she then told me about this whole highly sensitive thing because she clearly saw by seeing Lana that Lana is highly sensitive and it really just absolutely changed everything for me because up until that point I had been really noticing how Lana was like, you know, compared to lots of other children, say if we were at a park or in a group, she would always be much slower to warm up than most other children. She would hang back. She would want to be with me. You know, if we had a uh, maybe a gathering, it may have taken her some hours even until she was like right in there in the group, often until it was, you know, nearly the end of things. I just really saw lots of differences and I, you know, I was a bit concerned. And when 
I heard about Elaine Aron's work and I then went and got all her books. It really just changed everything from, for me. And really I helped me see that I'm highly sensitive. My mum is highly sensitive. And this had been something that I'd always seen really as growing up, seen as there was something wrong with me. And mm-hmm. I think my mum got that um, message as well. You know, you're too sensitive. Mm-hmm. You feel things too much. You've got to, your feelings are too big. You're too quiet. You're too, you know, why don't you just get out there and, go and join in with everything get in the middle of the crowd of people and yeah. talk more be louder do yeah. more uh, don't spend so much time at home don't want to you know all that stuff yeah. those are things that in the culture that I grew up in they were seen as things wrong with me so for me it was a huge massive turnaround to see that these were not things that were wrong with me they're not things that were wrong with my daughter they were not things that are wrong with my mum but they're actually really normal natural things and to actually understand that there are these amazing gifts and qualities that highly sensitive people have so according to the research now there's lots of research there's Elaine Aron but there are a lot of other people doing a lot of research around high sensitivity that reckon about 20 percent of the population is highly sensitive there are equal equal numbers of highly sensitive men or boys as women and girls and that this is something that's also found in the animal world as well and it's actually seen as something that's really important in terms of um you know a survival mechanism that actually we really need people or animals in a in a tribe or in a culture who are more aware of what's going on i mean you think of it in a I don't know, group of gazelles or something. If you've got some of the 20% of the gazelles who are even more alert to, you know, a stick noise, noise of a stick being broken or the smell of a mountain lion or whatever it is, that that is a really adaptive trait. And that um, the same in, in the human world that we actually need highly sensitive people, highly sensitive people are often a little bit like the canaries in the coal mine as well. Mm. So highly sensitive people are often um, very connected with animals, with the with the planet, with what's going on on the planet, feel things more deeply around those kinds of things, feel deep compassion and pain around what happens to human beings and to animals and, and the natural world and really care very, very deeply. But also we, we're much more affected by things. So there are four general things I'd actually love to go through. Um, four things are written down here one is the depth of processing so we we process things much more deeply so you know if we go into a room a highly sensitive person is going to be taking in more information at a deeper level so it's not that one or other is better so i would also love to say here that i think all human beings are sensitive and all children are sensitive and are affected by their environment but highly sensitive people are processing in a, in a slightly different way so non-highly sensitive people are still processing but they're processing differently highly sensitive people are looking at around at the room taking in you know who's there what's going on for people we're really taking in information in a different way so depth of processing is one overstimulation is another so because we're processing things at such a deep level we're, we're likely to get overstimulated more quickly and that's a really helpful thing to know particularly for children um, and particularly in terms of aware parenting, because if we're taking in more information, we're more easily overstimulated, then we're more likely to then, at the end of a, a day or an outing, to have bigger feelings around that. So at the end of a birthday party or just going out to a shopping mall or even just a family gathering, it's going to be really normal and natural for highly sensitive people to 
and children in particular to need to to cry to express feelings around that the third thing is empathy so there's often much more capacity for empathy and really being attuned to exactly what someone's feeling and what's going on for them and the fourth one is emotional responsiveness so there are these four traits that are really beautiful qualities of highly sensitive children highly sensitive people and they're gifts just like that non-highly sensitive people have gifts and have capacities, but these are gifts that are really actually so needed in our world because they often go together with creative solutions and, you know, thinking differently and seeing things that perhaps are not often seen um, in the rest of the world. So, you know, for me, what happened when, when Aletha told me that and I saw this is I then saw all these things as gifts and strengths that we could really work with, that I could support my daughter with, I could understand rather than, you know, trying to push her or, um, you know, feeling worried about her. I just really gained this deep, deep trust in her timing and this deep valuing of my own sensitivity, of my mum's sensitivity, of her sensitivity, so that we could really honour that and love it and and foster it and listen to all the feelings <laughs> that go with that. So I'm so incredibly grateful to Aletha because I really don't know what, if I hadn't come across that through her, I think it would have been quite different having you know, really not knowing this. So, so grateful. Oh, and I, well, I so many things to say about that. But, <laughs> oh, you know, firstly, what I love, I mean, for me, Marion, as a woman, you're one of the most amazing gifts that you offer the world is your ability to just sit with feelings, to see what's going on for people, to feel behind it. Like you, you know, that is like just one of your most incredible gifts that you have that you give the world. And, and I think it's, I love what you say about that, of seeing it actually as a gift. And I know that people struggle with that a lot. A lot of parents I've worked with struggle with that a lot because society does, as you said in the beginning, say, you know, this is, this is what a well-adjusted human looks like. You know, you need to be able to go in there and, you know, talk about all these things and do this, you know, and it's, it's not true. We're not all like that. We're so different and unique. And I've worked with quite a few mums who are really worried because their kids are very slow to warm up you know, and they yes. there's something wrong with them and and you know when I've been working with them so much the thing comes back again to trusting exactly yes. saying really trusting the child's timing trusting that the child is doing what they need you know and really you know so often with it, that trust piece then there's also that expectation piece that they sometimes carry that my child has to look a certain way for it to be okay which often will stem yes. back to their own childhood of I have to be a certain way to be okay or to be loved you know yes. so again we kind of carry on that story and that's a a beautiful piece for a lot of parents to get that knowing that you know sometimes our children come in then they really do challenge this belief system we have of what is okay you know what does yes. it look like to be normal or, yes. or you know yeah I, I love that I've seen that as a strong theme with many parents I've worked with and you know I, I love that highly sensitive again works in many different ways because I would also call myself highly sensitive but yes I'm also can be really loud yes <laughs> and, you know, I, I I put me on a stage and I'm like in my house yep. Right? Yes. And I'm like, hey, yes. audience, let's go. Yes. But I, yes. um, I feel so, so deeply. And, oh, and yes. as a child, and I've shared this story with you, Marion, as a child, I was so painfully shy. Like I often meet people now and say, oh, my goodness, I wouldn't have spoken to you. I was so painfully shy. And sometimes people find that hard to believe because I can yes. be really charismatic and talk a lot. But as a little one, I just never knew what to say. I never felt comfortable I would always hide behind my mum and dad's legs 
And I remember so clearly as about a four-year-old trying to figure out how am I going to be okay when I don't know how to speak or I don't know how to interact with people. And so what I have memories from as young as four sitting, watching people. And as I would watch them, I would, I would almost watch their energy and I would figure out what kind of facade they put on or what they were doing in the world to make themselves feel better. So I had an understanding from quite a young age that we often just do play roles and how people behave in certain situations to either get the laugh or to provoke things or whatever it is their need was in order to feel okay within themselves. And as a little kid, I remember watching that and it made me feel better about myself because I remember thinking we all do something to try and make ourselves feel okay or feel like we belong. So I used to observe a lot and I used to watch a lot. And I think that's where I really learned how to read people's energies and yes. pick up on what was going on when I walked into a room because I had done that from a really, really young age. Yes. And so that I think was a gift that I developed out of, I guess, necessity because I really was just trying to make myself feel safe. Yes. But became one of my strongest attributes to be able to really tune into energetically what people were doing or saying or feeling or what was going on yes absolutely and you know that's what I often refer people to you and I say (laughs) they're similar to you that your capacity to actually really hold space for and be with a person's feelings whatever they're going through and that exquisite attuneness that you have that's so clear and I was telling people about how amazing you are about that so it's an amazing thing isn't it that you that you you almost really saw that gift in you and I really hear the part around you know meeting a need for safety as well and I think that can often happen for highly sensitive people to to need that safety or that you know to understand and to fit in Mm. but sometimes we don't necessarily find that so some for other people it'll be really I I think also what what I love about aware parenting actually I'm going to skip a little bit is that we can add high sensitivity plus understanding the the impact of unexpressed feelings whether that's trauma or you know just painful accumulated feelings how often you know there's a difference between high sensitivity and high sensitivity plus a whole load of unexpressed feelings that sit on the top of that and I think that can be so important to to differentiate and I think often isn't necessarily understood in the high highly sensitive person um, literature and I think that's why where parenting fits so well with it because you know a highly sensitive child who does get all these extra things you know the the secure attachment the attunement the trusting their own timing and the listening to their big feelings after just a day out for example means they still have the high sensitivity but they don't have a whole load of extra feelings on the top because I think that's when it makes things really tricky if you're highly sensitive, plus a whole, you've got a whole load of unexpressed feelings, mm. that can then lead to you know much more difficult experiences in life. Yeah, and no, I think that's where anxiety can sit for a lot exactly. of Exactly, yes. That, that high anxiousness yeah. of what is happening in the world. And exactly. I really relate to feeling like I remember being an eight or nine-year-old sobbing in my bed and mum coming in and saying what's wrong and I'm like, <laughs> makes me laugh now, how am I going to fix the world mum how am I going to fix all the things that are going on in the world and all these children that are hungry and all these people my mum's like darling um it's not your job right here and but I felt it so deeply I felt the overwhelm of where the world yes. is at and people's pain and you know yes. and actually to my mm. absolute 
for mother's credit, she was like, okay, I need to teach you some skills around not taking on board other people's energies. Amazing. And not, um, not having to take that on as your responsibility. Cause she could see, I was just completely, I was like, you know, heading towards depression because yes. I was so overwhelmed with the bigness of what was happening. And so she really, that's, you know, she was a beautiful teacher around yes. what was mine and, and what I could hold in my energy. You know, so I do say that as a gift. And, you know, of my three kids, I'd probably say they've all got definite levels of sensitivity. They're very attuned to what happens you know, people's energies and feelings and those kind of things. My middle daughter, Indy, definitely was really similar to me growing up, really, really shy, didn't really want to speak to anybody, was very slow to warm and and had to take it and do it in her own timing till she really found her voice and felt comfortable in being who she is. Yes. And it felt a lot easier to really hold that for her because I think I knew exactly how that felt as yes. well and trusting she would find when she was ready to do it. So, you know, I think we you know, for me, it really comes back if we have children who are highly sensitive to really trust that, you know, they are doing what they need to do. Yes, they are. exactly. So all these wonderful things that we can do on there, like I actually like your mum did for you is like really seeing actually these are my feelings. This is not my responsibility. Yes, I can be compassionate and care, but, you know, learning about those things and also learning that it's not, there's not something wrong with our children for them to really know it's not something wrong with them I really love to share an example here with my daughter that you know for me as I said I was like something wrong with me I'd be I'd I was like I don't want people to know I'm really quiet so I was trying to kind of you know like not fight against it whereas my daughter I see she's got she uh we went to see some youtubers last year and she got a denim jacket because the concert was called uh, introvert something other I can't even remember so she's got this big jacket that she wears it's got introvert on the back and recently she got a t-shirt that she really wanted and it's like um anti-social it's it says <laughs> so, so she goes out and hangs out with the the teen homeschoolers and she's no I see she's really claiming that she's not she doesn't have it as a judgment she's like really claiming that that's you know it's that she accepts and welcomes that in herself and so she's not trying to be something other than than that in herself which I think is so beautiful whereas me as like oh my god you know there's something wrong with me that I'm quiet and I don't necessarily want to come and talk in the middle of a group of 27 people and mm. so that can be such a key thing for children to really for them to know there's nothing wrong with them yes and they can be wherever they need they to can, be in that exactly way. yeah and we're all so different you yes. know we all have different qualities of you know who we are I, I think I I mean I have a bit of a love of astrology and that's where I often find astrology fascinating about yes. who we where we are astrologically of the makeup of who we are it often yes. really does dictate too about yeah. how we feel about being in big groups and being social and wanting to chat and all those things is yes. you know I've, I've looked into astrology a lot for myself and my own family and it makes complete sense when I look at who they are astrologically about how they then interact with the world you know I, I just thought, yeah, love that. And like you, I'm I'm similar. Like I love now. I didn't used to love facilitating groups, love talking to groups. But actually, still, if I were to go to, so I don't even really hardly nowadays. If I were to go to a party of people I don't know, I'd still be like, okay, I don't know these people. <laughs> but if I have my own party, which I used to when I was younger, you know, I'd love to have ten thousand people that I know all at my party. Yes, yes. So there, it's it's like really seeing that. You know, we can find places where we might still, I still feel, you know, not so comfortable in those situations. Mm-hmm. But 
love love being love facilitating groups love that (laughs) and i love that you know to go back a bit to that point you were saying how beautiful how beautifully aware parenting can work with children that are highly sensitive as just being stimulated just is enough for some big big feelings that need to be released just being too much being around lots of people or you know just having doing one thing a day is enough for some kids, you know, whereas others you could do four things a day and then that's not enough. You know, I want to do more. So it's again being aware that there's no right or wrong within that and reading the child and what feels okay for them. Exactly. Of of how much quiet they need or what what they need to be able to process in their world. Yeah, I love that, Lyle. And, of course, you know, aware parenting, one of the core aspects of aware parenting is finding ways to meet everyone's needs. So, of course, Mm -hmm. that's going to be a core thing is, what what does my child need because that can be tricky if you have multiple children and one's highly sensitive and one isn't or whatever you know, it's not always easy but to know that those are those are really core needs because they're, they're really about the nervous system aren't they and actually yes. what the nervous system needs in order to to um yeah to really thrive yes and i, I mean i love from a really young age i've always said to my children when something when they're i see something's going on for them of just saying what do you need right now what is it that you need that they might go I need to read a book or I need to go into my room or that they would then would empower them to be able to call what it is that they needed for them to know their bodies well enough to go this is what I need to do now for me yes just I think that for me has been one of my biggest parenting goals is to help my kids be so in touch with their bodies yes how they feel that they honor that for themselves they really honor what that feels like yes where they're at to really tune into that i think that's you know and and that can start from when they're really little even saying what do you need right now yes for them to to give them the authority and you know empowerment to just be able to speak their truth and their needs such a beautiful thing isn't it and i think again if we think about ourselves as parents is really knowing that as well it's like you know, I, I started to realize for myself when my children were younger, if I went out for a big day, I know, and I was with loads of other parents and we we're hanging out, I'd be come home and I'd be like, oh my God. Mm. So I really learned after a few times where I'd be overwhelmed and that I really needed to put things in place so that, mm. so that I would have, you know, that we would have a quiet day the next day and that I would really know that that would be a time where I would, if I wasn't being really careful, that I would perhaps be much more likely to go into having a reaction to my children because it's just like one more thing oh no and I'm already up to here mm-hmm. so it's really knowing ourselves as well isn't it and understanding mm-hmm. what we need do you know the thing I think can be really helpful as well is is understanding no's because I've really come to recently through talking to a client is of course for highly sensitive children and highly sensitive people we're going to be likely to need to to express no's more often the no's are going to come up more because actually no I don't want to go out again today or no what there's going to be more no's basically to the world so in a culture where no's are often not supported in children and are often you know in past paradigms that were judged you know children don't get to say no they don't get to choose you know you just need to to say yes and do i do what you're told to really understand that for highly sensitive children to really support them in in their no's and to see that as a beautiful thing when they're actually expressing a clear sense that actually I don't want to go out and do this thing or mm-hmm. to really listen to them and to see mm. and of course because highly sensitive children they may be less likely to speak as well so it's yeah. us being really attuned to that so we support them in mm. really knowing that 
actually them saying no to something not when it's no that they there's a difference as well because sometimes they might be really wanting to do something and there might be some fear there Mm. so there we might be wanting to encourage them and support them and listen to their feelings and their fear that's showing up so that they can do that thing but when it's a it's a clear no Mm. to actually really support them in that and ourselves too it's getting clear this is a no this is actually no (laughs) yes i always say i honor you for saying no good on you that's a big no that's good i i I mean i'm I'm sure there's many parents that may relate to this story but i remember when my middle daughter was younger and and being quite sensitive she really wanted to go and do dance class and she really wanted to go to ballet and she would talk about it and she'd put on the outfit and then we'd get there (laughs) and then there's all these people and there's parents and she'd just like freeze and she'd be like no I can't do it and no and then I you know I think you shared a story you joined in the class once (laughs) I would join in or I would really just have to see she has to do it when she's ready and you know the pressure from other people that you pay this money and she should do it and I was like yeah what's more important here is that she's feeling safe and heard you know than me paying this class at the moment and that was just where I was at yes but that is something I'm sure many parents of children who are highly sensitive whether that's swimming lessons or soccer or dancing when kids kind of express an interest to do it and then sometimes those group activities can feel really overwhelming for children swimming lessons is huge for a lot of kids you know just because of the noise and just all the things that go on that can feel so big and overwhelming for the child and then you know they, they can't really cope well so you know in situations like that I often have suggested to parents so take the pressure off having to do a lesson just go and find a place where you can swim together and have fun and, and allow them to acclimatize to what that environment can be like or you know give them some more power and autonomy over it as well you know so it's you know it can yeah it just it's very big people <laughs> very big for little people in the world yes really sensitive it just feels so big and you know and that it makes me think about the beautiful um woman who messaged us about her, her child being you know quite highly sensitive and yes and when people say hello and he didn't really want to acknowledge them and how you can do that in a way that is respectful for the child and it isn't also labeling the child you yep. know again yes. that's a really important thing is that we don't keep saying well they're just sensitive you know yes so it goes oh well i'm just sensitive and yep. take that on board as being something that's bad yep. so how we can you know really honor our child and ourselves and you know then when the outer public is there going what's wrong you know yes. well, why isn't it this way yes really stand in a neutral place with it yeah and, it, and i love that you're, sh- you're naming that around the labeling because i think even naming it as shyness or or that they're scared it can be not either of those things it can simply be they're just checking out that person like do how is this person do i want to actually connect in with their energy they're 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 feeling into that they're taking yeah. their time with that so yeah you know, to actually see, wouldn't it be amazing if we all did that? Like, do I really want to connect to this yeah. person? Do I want this person to, you know, yeah. to hug them or any of those things? No, I'm not sure. I'm going to yeah. wait until I really am sure. <laughs> yeah. And I think I suggested to this mum that to just even say something like, oh, he just likes to observe and watch first and he'll let you know when he's ready to connect with you just something in a way of just acknowledging that, that he just likes to do it this way and that's okay yes so, which is not he's not offensive in any way to anyone it's just stating that's where they're at and that is absolutely okay so it can be really tricky to navigate okay. you know, yeah 
Yeah, and even in families, you know, it's really slow to warm or just unsure even of grandparents or extended family members and there's this, there's often this, you know, expectation that the child should hug or greet them and look, yep. this is a big thing for me because I'm really, yes. really big bodily autonomy. I'm about to say that, all your beautiful work around this, so important. Yeah, really empowering children to say you have a right to say over what happens to your body. Yep. You know, there is no expectation for you to hug or kiss someone if you don't want to. So you are allowed to say, no, thank you. I don't want to kiss or wave at them if you want or give them a high five or, or really, you know, encourage children from a really age to not go and, you know, to, for us as parents, not to say, go and, you know, go and give Auntie Jan a kiss, you know, just, you know, you can say hello to them in your own way. Yes. Where you want to. And, and then children will often run up and jump into your arms or give you a cuddle if they feel they want to. You know, it's really important, I think, to empower little people to know that they get to choose what they do yes. with bodies. And, and because, you know, my big thing is really, I work a lot with teenagers on consent, is that when a child learns from a very young age they have a say around their body, they know how to say no, they are far yes. more likely to be able to do that with such authority when they are older. Yeah such important work isn't it and i think for some highly sensitive children they're going to really need us to be advocating they may not even feel comfortable to say no to that person when they're they're younger so that's that that real advocating for them and i often think i remember from my with my children around things like this i would often be thinking okay so what's going on for this adult Mm -hmm. what's going on for my child Mm -hmm. which is itself possibly a highly sensitive thing and and finding a way to meet both of their needs so it may be that i might say to that person you know you know acknowledging you'd really love to connect with them or you know whatever giving them empathy but Mm -hmm. they're you know they're not wanting to do that right now or I can see that she doesn't really want to to hug or she's not in it she's not feeling very chatty today but uh, you know I'll talk to them you know so it's finding ways to get everybody's needs met and to really I think sometimes if if it's an adult and we can if it's thank you, even things like that, saying please and thank you, we can say that mm-hmm. we we think that adult is needing some acknowledgement and some appreciation yes. or, yes. Some, uh, you know, acknowledgement, whatever the thing is, often we can do that. And so we're also modeling that for our child that we can communicate that, but we're also really advocating for them and perhaps saying things for them that they're not quite ready yet to say yes. for themselves. So I, I remember once going to a party with one of my kids, and I don't know which one it was, but they were little, they were about four or five, and yes. they were unsure and they were shy. It wasn't really their, you know, they were feeling just really unsure at that point and it wasn't yeah. really their group of people, friends. Yeah. And we went in and I remember my child's like holding my hand and kind of hiding behind my leg and didn't really want to acknowledge anyone. Yeah. And it was one of those moments where I just went, wow, this is so big. And I, I kind of just, I remember getting down low and like whispering in my child's ear, I've got you. Yes. You don't have to do anything you don't want to do. Oh. You and me at this party together and, um, and I'm here to help you in whatever way you need. It was like, I remember just going, oh, they really need to know they've got an ally right here yes. in this environment. Because I knew that they wanted to be there in the party, but they just didn't know how to be in it. So yes. there was something about just going, really acknowledging to them, I'm with you and I see this and I'm here for you, honey. And um, there's no pressure. There's no yes. pressure for you to do anything else, but just be where you are. And if that means you just sit on my lap, yep. else, then I'm actually okay with that. Yes. So, and I remember just watching my child. I can't remember which one it was. 
This is where you have to write stuff down, right? Because when you get older, you forget. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> you think you're going to remember everything, aren't you? The exact age that they did everything and nope. <laughs> oh, my God. People used to say this to me, write it down, and I'm like, no, I can't remember. I can't remember which child it was. But I, I, the feeling, I remember the feelings yes. and feelings were, I've got you. Like we are in this together. And there's no pressure for you to be anything else but where you are. And I, and I remember oh. feeling that so strongly in my body of, what my child needs right now is to know that where, who they are and where they're at is absolutely okay, you know, and, I, and I'm there to support them within it. And I think that's a big thing for kids because that can feel very, very scary just if you're feeling, you know, that we're going back to what we said before about there's something wrong with me or I should be doing it differently or all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's that real unconditional love, isn't it? And in really practical ways. And I love that about both of our work and, and aware parenting. It's a really practical, tangible way to really let our children know that we do unconditionally love them, which means that if they're feeling they're you know, they're really having that need to warm up, to take their time, to really observe, to get the get the sense of what's going on before they before they actually move out in and be a part of that, then we're completely there to support them and, and really mm. welcome that and love that about them. It's not only just accept it, but isn't that an amazing, wonderful thing that they're doing that? Because that's a gift. And if they can they can honor that gift and know it's a gift. You know, we really need highly sensitive people to be connected to their high sensitivity in the world. You know, we need those creative thinkers. We need, you know, I was looking, uh, I was just watching earlier on the highly sensitive movie, which I really recommend for anyone who's, who's highly sensitive or has a highly sensitive child about, you know, actually supporting um, people to be in leadership positions, to be, to be actually, um, you know, having their own companies, doing their own thing, actually creating their own, unique gifts in the world because there are things that highly sensitive people can bring that that they do see things often that are not quite seen they are often uh, you know having awarenesses that perhaps not other people do not have so to actually support them in seeing this is a beautiful gift that they do not need to um be ashamed they don't need to think there's anything wrong with them they can actually honor this as something that's going to really be of service to them and of service to the world Mm. And do you want to talk, Marion, a bit more around being a highly sensitive parent and yes. how that can feel as a parent? Because you know, we all, <laughs> parenting can feel so full on. Maybe you're also feeling that, and perhaps when you don't have a child that's highly sensitive, you know, yeah. What would you? What can you offer around that? I think for me, it's really more with highly sensitive children is really coming to just really do things our own way that. You know, lots of other people would be doing, you know, going out loads and spending loads of time with big groups. Like, you know, we're homeschoolers, but even I remember when my children were younger and we go, okay, we're going to go to this homeschooling event. And we go there and be like 25 families there or something. And we'd all be like standing at the door going, okay, <laughs> right, you know, um, and just really coming to deeply accept and love our own way of doing things, which is we did spend a lot of time at home. We did spend a lot of time, just the three of us. If we did meet up with other families, it would often be just one or two other families. And we just really came to love and accept that path. And I think for me, as I said, you know, I really realized that often if I went out, I'd have a wonderful time going out and doing big things. But when I came home, I would really feel quite on my edge so I really needed to learn to to not I've discovered that if I then tried to use some repression mechanisms on the top of that that would never go so well because those feelings would be bubbling there so I'd really needed to actually 
develop the skills that I now have to actually listen to myself and to support my body and to, you know, have a nightly bath, things like that, rituals that really help me stay connected with myself. Mm. Um, I don't have a non-high, both of my children are highly sensitive, so I don't have the experience of that, but I know from talking to clients that it can often be tricky for parents who are highly sensitive, who have children who aren't, because particularly when they're younger, the, these children will want to actually have a lot of social interaction and they want to be going out every day and doing lots of things with lots of people. And I think that can often be harder um, for highly sensitive parents. I think that's the time and it's really important to get support and to get friends and to, you know, daycare can be really helpful in those situations or just, you know, just finding ways to get your child's needs met whilst also knowing that you're going to need to have more time quiet time than they are and just again that's nothing wrong there's nothing wrong with you that's actually a beautiful thing mm -hmm. <laughs> but it's going to require more um you know some some nifty thinking to, yes. to find ways to to really have that happen yes and i you know at, we talk a lot about boundaries as well i, I find yes. that that's saying no <laughs> yes saying no. And, and as a parent having your own boundaries whether that just looks like self-care or quiet time or whatever it is for you to hold what you need to hold. And yes. I think that that's just so, it's one of the most powerful things you can do as a parent, you know, and, and I think people, yeah. in my experience, parents will often get pushed to it um, by losing the plot or by just yeah. really, you know, not great in their family environment to realise that they need that. Yes. You know, I, I have known that for myself. I, you know, I needed to go through post-traumatic stress disorder many, many years ago in order to actually go, whoa, I need more quiet and I need to take care of me. And, and if I yes. want to raise my kids in this way, I have to have space to be quiet and do nothing and, you know, to just sit and look out the window and be quiet yes. and know that that yes. was actually part of really healthy maintenance for me to keep doing what I wanted to do within my family and my work and everything, yes. you know, it was, it was wow, one of the best things that ever happened really to push me to that edge to actually go in order to do what you want to do. You really have to know how to take care of yourself and put in place those boundaries to say, this is just, this is non-negotiable now. This yes. is so important for me, yes. so I can, you know, raise my family in the way that I want to or yeah. in the world in the way that I want to. Yes. And don't you find that I really find that now as I've got older, that's become something that's just so clear and obvious. And I don't, I don't, you know, I really celebrate that. I need a lot of quiet time and a lot of time on my own and um, just to really love that and, and to imagine what it would be like to have, have really got that early on mm -hmm. and which is what we're aiming to do for our highly sensitive children to really have that so honored that they just know that's part of mm -hmm. what they need, you know, that they're going to need to, quiet time they need time sitting in nature looking at trees yes. <laughs> reading books just being quiet just yes. self-reflection all of that but that's yes. that's just part of life isn't it yes. yes and it looks different for everybody exactly the, yes. the beautiful mum once who's who kept saying you know i need like two hours every morning to myself just yeah, we kind of function the day, and she's like, "What's wrong with me?" And I go, "You can't compare <laughs> to anybody because no. we all have our own stories. We come with 
we've got our own wounds and traumas, we've got our own circumstances. There is no space for comparison. What one woman or man can do, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It's really about what is right for you. Yes. And for you to claim that for yourself is the only important piece of this, you know, not what anybody else does at all. Yeah. Mm. So beautiful. Can we think of any other practical things? I'd love to share another thing I've really noticed actually, but I'd love to share more practical ideas that we can give to parents of highly sensitive children. So one thing I've noticed, which is a little bit different around social media, for example. So I really noticed for my daughter, uh, she's, uh, you know, we're homeschooled, as I said, and so she really loves now. She It wasn't until she was about 13 that she actually wanted to go and hang out with other teens a lot. So she she really didn't want to. And then she really had this calling. And now she's like, really, really wants to. But even now, you know, if she's in a bigger group, she won't tend to talk so much in the bigger group. She'll talk more, you know, more one-on-ones or in smaller groups. Mm-hmm. But the teens group, they have a um, a messenger group. So she can be talking in the messenger group. So she can be sharing things about herself. So what I love about this is this would have made such a difference for me. And this is, of course, you know, we don't want our highly sensitive people to just to be on screens all the time. But she has this combination so that she gets to be known so that in the, in the, in the messenger group, she can share more freely there. She's more comfortable there. So people know her and they know what she's like and they know her sense of humor. So when she's in the bigger group, even if she's not speaking much, she's really accepted there people know her uh, and that you know so that can be a really beautiful combination of course I'm not saying for highly sensitive people to be on screens all the time but to have that to see that there are ways now that that social media can actually be a really helpful thing to help highly sensitive people feel you know to, to express more I know for me I'm much more comfortable often expressing myself especially I'm getting to know someone you know to actually write mm-hmm. and take my time and take my time in reflecting so you know there can be beautiful things that we can use to help our children just find their own way and to communicate mm-hmm. and express themselves and be known so mm-hmm. I really I really like that <laughs> I love that and I guess for little people you know who aren't you know using technology yes you know again creating sometimes quiet spaces that are there yes. that they yes. can move to when they need to especially if they've got siblings that's their space that that is their own that can feel really empowering and important for them and, and again just yes. tuning in is that enough or yes what feels okay for you and and that and again I kind of agree with you sometimes it is just more one-on-one play dates not yes. lots of groups of people and kids that's usually enough as well yes, yes. just just being um one at a time yep and that can be really good for the kids yes Another another strategy that or another way that can be really helpful, especially if you're having a party or there's a family party, and perhaps your child's like really you know not wanting to spend all the time in the group is setting up a little den for them, and it may even be like a little area that you set up where you can say, you know, if you just want to go and be quiet, and then maybe if they're into coloring or reading or whatever, that that can be their little space, so that they can go off and maybe just in the corner of the room, so they can still you know, be, be there, but not necessarily right in the midst of it. And that's again, seen as something that's really, it's there to really resource them. And it's, it's a beautiful thing to do that they can go and be quiet if they want to, but they, Mm. you know, it's not seen as, you know, you should just be there and and not necessarily needing to go right away, but they can be quiet and be, you know, be around, but 
but not necessarily right in the throng of things. So setting up, you know, and resourcing at, uh, highly sensitive children. Because mm-hmm. I remember myself, I used to so often, and I've talked to other people like this, I would, at parties, I'd go off and, you know, I'd, I'd go and stand by the food table or, you know what I mean, like go and hide over, climb a tree or something. <laughs> so, you know, actually supporting them so that they can be resourced, but be included as well. They don't, they don't need to necessarily just take themselves completely away. Yes, totally. I love that. I love that. Yes, yes. Well, Some other ideas like um, like hide and seek and kind of, you know, separation games can be really helpful. So if you're taking your child to something and they're, and they're, you know, they're just wanting a little bit of help around warming up. Sometimes even a little bit of peekaboo can be helpful or mm-hmm. um, playing hide and seek with, with perhaps the other children. It can be a way of helping them actually get in and, and feel more connected and, fit, and to really include that part that's like wants to be separate, wants to be included, yeah. wants to be separate. Yes, yes. Yeah, I love that. And, yeah, I, I even feel too just them knowing that they've got an ally in you that's like, oh, I'm seeing where you're at. It's okay. Yes. Yeah. Like before makes such a big difference yes. to them. Because yeah. if they're feeling that pressure to be included or, you know, it yeah. just kind of, it becomes much harder, much, yes. much harder for the child. Yeah. yeah. And I love what you shared about the party thing. So another thing could be is just them knowing that at any time we've got a lap, you know, we're here and they can come back and we're not going to go, you know, go away. You can, they can come and just hang out and, just just mm. kind of re-resource themselves and be quiet again for, mm. for however long they need to be. And of course, they're listening to the feelings even before you're going. Yes. So that can be really tricky for a child if they're sensitive thinking, yeah. we're going to a party, I really want to go. Yes. But I also feel really worried and being able to just hold that space for them to express what they feel scared about, you know, being able to, to just listen to that is going to make a huge difference for them as well. Yes. Mm, without yeah. it without that hole but you'll be okay things, which is what we do so beautifully we do it so well meaning to you know try and make them feel better but really you know often it's just that ah oh, you feel scared about going yeah. tell me about why you feel scared yeah. and just listening just the listening yeah, yeah. Mm. love that i love that what else? I was something else I wanted to share. Oh, separation. So another thing I've really found is highly sensitive children can take longer to separate as part of this process. So they may, they may want to go to sleepovers at older ages than mm-hmm. other children. They may, you know, it's just again can be a really normal, natural kind of their own timing around separation. So really, again, just really trusting that. And that's what I've really found with both of my kids is they've they've been older but mm. and then when they've got got to that they're like yeah I really want to I really want to spend time with my friends and my peers but they've just you know their timeline's been a bit different to to non-highly sensitive children so mm. yeah beautiful beautiful so some resources Marion for those that do want to know more about highly sensitive people yes so the work of Elaine Aron, I really recommend. That's uh, A-R-O-N. Um, there's a beautiful movie called The Highly Sensitive, the movie. It's got Alanis Morissette in there. So she really talks about her own experiences of being highly sensitive. Um, Elaine Aron has got lots of books as well. There's The Highly Sensitive Person, The Highly Sensitive Child, The Highly Sensitive Person in Love. I can't remember what that one's called. There's a book for therapists on high sensitivity mm-hmm. by her. I just, I do really want to share though that in in the highly sensitive model there really isn't the understanding of aware parenting so 
So it's really having the aware parenting lens on top of high sensitivity that we can really support children. You know, like, for example, that last podcast we did with your daughter, Indy, you know, she's highly sensitive, but there she is at 16 on a podcast sharing about her, her gifts, you know, in supporting our children this way doesn't mean, you know, they may have more feelings to express. They may be more affected by painful experiences, but if we're able to listen to a lot of their feelings that, you know, they're, um, no, they're going to be able to go out there and and share their gifts in the in the world, which is what we really want for them. And I, and I think that understanding is not necessarily seen so much in the highly sensitive person literature. So, mm. I really want to add that some of the conclusions they come to. We we uh, you know bring aware parenting into that. It's like having both of those together. Mm, yeah, beautiful. And I guess our invitation, you know, for this week around. Um, highly sensitive people I wonder if you do have a child you know that is highly sensitive and perhaps you're not or even if you are you know what what stories go on for you about where your child is at maybe just tune into that if there's a story there about I wish it was different or I wish they would do this or what that means to you if you're seeing that with your child or whether that's something you can really embrace and really trust in you know what that feels like for you Mm, so beautiful Mm -hmm. I think my invitation would be if you are highly sensitive and or your child is what would be the what would be the really key phrases that you would love to hear what you would have loved to have heard as a child and you really want your child to or your young person to internalize around that and there might be and that might be really something that you actually want to say internally to yourself and to your child like you know so that those those qualities are really not just accepted, but actually celebrated and honoured as the, you know, the profound gift they are, that we really do need these high, highly sensitive people in the world, relatively free from accumulated feelings so that they can give these beautiful gifts, these creativity, the creativity and the, and the seeing things with, with such awareness and being able to bring things together. So you know, what, what phrases would be really helpful to, to hear? Mm. oh I love that I love it so okay. much okay. <laughs> oh, good. it comes back to that doesn't it but what did we really need what do we get yes. what can we say to ourselves it's, yes yeah. oh I love that that's so beautiful oh yeah ah, I want to add one more mm. <laughs> I want to talk about this range more anyway if you are highly sensitive is there an is there a practice that you might like to bring in for yourself and that might be you know baths or you know 10 minutes looking at the trees or whatever it is for you is there a new practice that you would like to bring in that really honors your high sensitivity your nervous system what you need to actually help yourself so that you can go out into the world to to be the parent to do the things that you need to do in a way that you're not feeling overwhelmed and overstimulated that you actually feel resourced and held and have capacity to be the gorgeous sensitive lovely aware present being that you are Mm, so beautiful i love it what a way to end so nice (laughs) thank you everybody for being here again and listening we'd love if you uh, subscribe to our podcast or share it with other people you can always rate us on itunes or leave a um a what's it called <laughs> People say nice stuff. Come and come and come and tell us you, you, that you enjoy us. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, do you know what? Can I just do a quick PS? Yes, quick PS. Can. We forgot to say. I forgot to say. Highly sensitive people are much more affected by 
punishment or judgment or shaming. I forgot to say that. So that's something to really be aware of. And why aware parenting is even more wonderful. Yeah. It's really normal and natural that, you know, for a highly sensitive child to even hear even a, even a kind of look, yeah. even a slight kind of look, mm. they are picking that up so much more. So again, it's yes. really being aware of that. And if we are doing those things you know they're showing up in ways that maybe we don't want to really do the repairing but to really know that highly sensitive children are really picking up on they they want to they want to contribute and collaborate so it's really being aware that that for them those things are even more hurtful to to them than than all children and again for us so if we're highly sensitive we're going to be even more affected by shaming or punishment or judgment so we often need to work more around that to really know that we are inherently lovable and loved and gorgeous beings so i just really wanted to add that as a ps that's really important it's good on you and i'll also add to that too that um you know i, I find that highly sensitive people they feel energy like we you yes. know, they read energy yes. more than words right so you're saying something but they're like hmm, mm. <laughs> because they're attuned to yes. what's happening you know so i think that's where again it's the more authentic you are as a parent, if you do have a highly, you know, sensitive child, you know, the better off you guys are going to be together because, you know, they sense that authenticity deeply and they definitely sense what your energy is saying as yes. well. So oh, gorgeous. Yeah, I love that you put that. that <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's why I was saying that because, you know, we, we get to heal that as well. We can change that inner dialogue. So, you know, we might forget the words. We may not say the things accurately here, but because of all the inner work we've done, even though we're highly sensitive, we're able to come and show up and forget <laughs> the words and <laughs> say funny things, uh, but still yeah. show up. And I think that's yes. so important to, to really do our own work around that. So. Yeah, I agree totally. And then you can be in the world in the way that you want to be because I think yes. it's, yeah, there's, there's just so much power in all right. of that. Yeah, it's beautiful. Aww. So I appreciate you, Lael. Thank you for being here. you too, my <laughs> friends. I know, I always feel like this is just a love fest. Everyone's probably something <laughs> to But I, you know, we just, I just, you know, I feel so grateful that we get to share both, our, you know, our experiences of with aware parenting and raising our children and all the wonderful clients we've worked with yes. together, it just feels like such a gift. Oh. I'm so blessed that we get to do it. Yes. It's so much more fun talking to someone else than it would be just talking to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so thank you everybody for being here. We'll do take two of you off now. You know what to do. Like come and like it and share it and do all the things that you do with podcasts that you know what to do with <laughs> oh, um, big love yeah see you next time okay see you next bye time. bye thanks for joining us on the aware parenting journey please follow us on facebook and instagram at the aware parenting podcast you can find more about Lael at www.laelstone.com.au or find Marion at www.marionrose.net. We wish you much compassion and grace on your parenting journey.